you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL podcast is a solid third-round draft pick. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast driven by Hyundai. I'm your host, Colleen Wolf, and I'm in a room filled with heroes. We have Patrick Claybon here. Wait, this is like a weird day. Everything's <laughs> sort of off. Uh, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, guys? Hi, Colleen. It would be really weird if while you were introducing the show, then you were like, and Dave Damashek, Adam, <laughs> Adam Rank. And it was not. It would actually kind of be like a fun or, thought experiment. Or somebody that none of us have ever heard of. And yeah, we, and we just pretended like we've worked with this guy for so long, and he's just a completely fictional person. Total wild card. And it's Tony Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan is off today, enjoying his meundies, I'm sure. Or maybe he's out with the Carr brothers. Maybe a little bit of both. Who knows? Keith Hansis was in town, his, his dad and, oh, yes. and his parents. Uh, so he's taking some uh, well-deserved time. Plus, plus, we got this draft week. So we're, dr- we're working through the weekend. We got... Shows the rest of the week. We might even have a show tomorrow, but we definitely Whoa. have shows Thursday night, Saturday night. And uh, so he's with his family, and, and Mark has the day off too. So we're getting Look going. at this. Yeah. It's a whole different crew in here. I like it. I'm so excited. It's draft week. I'm going back to Philly tomorrow. I'm not packed at all, but I'm totally prepared, everybody. It's going to be great. How long does that process take? Uh, way too long. To like, pack? Really? Or yeah. to like, yeah, to pack way Hours? too long. I mean, I gotta wash. Oh man, I gotta wait for things to dry. Is this gonna I be thought you like, meant, like a concrete take a shower or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna take a while. <laughs> gonna do that for the week. It's gonna be like a conquering hero situation. You returning to Philadelphia? This is like your oh, Super Bowl. You're I know. On, you're on every day. It's in your hometown. This is kind of Colleen. Will Wolfram. you jog through the streets like like? A, I might. Like a, a well, famous. probably because I'm I'll be late. I'm sure. <laughs> so I will be jogging anyway. But yeah, I have. There's so many sandwiches that I need to have. There's a bunch of people I want to see. I can't wait to go home. I'm so excited. It's pretty. That's pretty cool. And in Claybon, I have to give a special thanks to he. He was able to wriggle out of his doctor's <laughs> appointment for his infant son. Wow! To the show, so he's showing what's important. Well, well Lauren appreciates uh, <laughs> the the position that this podcast can can place people in. And oh yeah. It's a it's, tremendous opportunity. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a real star maker. <laughs> so thank you, Lauren, for that. And Sid, what's going on with you? Did you have a good weekend? I did. I went and hung out at the WB lot. It was great fun. Wait, what? Is, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah? What does that mean? It means I just I went in a bus with a bunch of other tourists and took tourist <laughs> pictures. Oh, felt like, like you a took a tour for Warner a couple Brothers. Hours. Yeah. It, oh, you're just happens. hanging out with the boom operators. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a pretty big deal, so. I thought that was like some sort of weird Disney slang for getting drunk <laughs> with Mickey or something. Maybe it is. You don't know. <laughs> Sid leads a very entertaining life. I mean, I feel like you're always out. You're always doing stuff. I'm more of like a shut-in. I kind of just keep to my couch and living room well, I like and Hanano impression sure <laughs> yeah I'm the if, same kind of shut in I was gonna say if you <laughs> if you consider like 
sitting in wall-to-wall rush hour traffic on the way to Disneyland <laughs> on a weeknight. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, I like and to put Sydney's off the impression that I go out and do things, but I really, I really don't. <laughs> uh, well, we're glad you're here. We have so much going on in the show. We got to get to it. We got. Let's get to the news, guys. Is that draft related enough for you, Greg? (laughs) 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 All right. So Malcolm Butler, he signed his contract tender with the Patriots. And so at this point now they can trade him. We've been waiting to see whether or not he would be traded to another team before the draft because the Patriots don't have a pick in the first or second round. And he got far enough into talks with the Saints that they were discussing some basic terms and an agreement but now the saints are leaning against this trade so wes what do you think of this well rap sheet has been reporting for about a month now that the representatives for the saints and the representatives for malcolm butler are pretty close to an agreement so now it looks like that's all that is still the same it's just that now that he's signed he's able to be traded but draft weekend is here and this is why it's newsy because draft weekends usually propel trades and it doesn't sound like the Saints are willing to give up any of their early picks. And the Patriots aren't just going to let a good quarterback cornerback go away for, for a, a third or fourth round pick or something like that. Let me present a baseless theory here with, okay. no, with no backing whatsoever. Let's say That's there's a conversation. That's what we come to expect from you. <laughs> <laughs> let's, say, let's say there's a conversation between Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, and company about Brandon Cooks, Malcolm Butler, the picks. And it's like, okay, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Well, at some point here in the past couple of weeks – the this is going to happen that Sean Payton and the Saints believed was going to happen yeah. did not happen on behalf of the Patriots. And now we're starting to wonder, like, hey, this deal we were talking about, this extended month-long conversation that was supposed to play out, like, what, what's going on now? So yeah, you think Bill, that the Patriots promised something and didn't deliver? I, maybe it was something that was suggested that could happen. That mm. Yeah, because huh. why get that far along in talks and not go anywhere? Well, because the, the Patriots probably feel like they have the upper hand because they don't have to make a bad trade. They they I believe them that they're happy to keep Malcolm Butler. He's an unbelievable value at $3.9 million. I think they believe there's no way they're going to sign him long term. So that's why they're willing to trade him. But this report from MMQB's Peter King says the Saints are leaning towards keeping their first three picks, 11, 32, and 42. Well, first of all, leaning toward, you know, starting the, the <laughs> week of the draft. That doesn't sound too strong. Anyways, but it's like, okay, that's those are their good picks. Why would the Patriots be trading Malcolm Butler for a bad pick? One year of Malcolm Butler – is worth a lot to me. Especially especially me, personally. Yeah, especially Don't for do the it. Saints, though. <laughs> well, I mean, the Saints really need help on that defense. I think that Malcolm Butler's name went out of those trade talks in early March for a reason, because the Saints and Patriots couldn't agree on his value. Right, and... That's a, that's a lot more rational way to look at oh, it. Yeah, that's in true. My, in my particular <laughs> And, like, that, is, is there a part of the Patriots that looks at the Chandler Jones trade and thinks, well, that was that was okay, you know, they actually ended up moving around and they got, you know, they got some picks for that. And Malcolm Mitchell ended up being one of those picks. But it's like you still didn't have Chandler Jones for the for the year. It, Greg, stop. It took value. Stop. <laughs> they won the Super Bowl. What okay. more do you want? OK. <laughs> All right. He wants to not be down 28 to 3. That's what Greg wants. We're going to end it. They there. won the most exciting Super Bowl <laughs> two years after they previously won the most exciting Super Bowl. I think you can let go of Chandler Jones now. I think okay. they're doing OK it, it without fun. him. I mean, it must be nice, though. It's just so comfortable on the throne. But But we don't have an edge rusher on the throne! (laughs) What are we going to do? I think it's the flutes. The flutes make people antsy on the throne. I also, by the way, I don't buy any of this. This whole It's Monday. uh, (laughs) Like, on cue, he just starts pointing and shouting. Well, I don't buy that, that... that a trade's unlikely anyway. It's Monday of the draft. Get ready for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. This is an unlikely. This is unlikely. This, You know, there's going to be a lot of just smoke being thrown out there, and you don't really know what it is. It's kind of negotiating through the media. And if I was Bill Belichick, I would be looking at Mickey Loomis, and I would be looking at him as a chump. One of the, he's one of the worst general managers in the league, and you think you can win the trade with Mickey Loomis. Rest, I did some research. Mickey Loomis? Did some research on all this draft <laughs> trade talk. Very freak, very frequently it doesn't happen. You'll see picks for picks, but you rarely see veterans of any importance whatsoever traded during draft week. Darrell Rivas being the obvious exception. 
there's so much smoke during this week. It's hard to even like really see what's going on. Mm -hmm. All you hear is just like nonsense. And it's almost like, I feel like a hamster just like spinning (laughs) on a wheel. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm just trying to keep up with all of the nonsense that's going on. But it helps the draft is outside. So the smoke will dissipate. Right. (laughs) For the first time ever. (laughs) Yes. All outdoors, which is kind of (laughs) dicey. Wait, like it's outside. We need to take advantage of your experience <laughs> with Philadelphia weather here yes. in late April. How how concerned should we be? Well, I looked at the weather report, and that's something that you actually have to do when you live in Philadelphia, unlike L.A., where <laughs> I've ne- I haven't looked at a weather report or listened to anything weather-related in almost three years. I would never, ever, if I was having a wedding outside – First of all, I would never plan it this time of year. You mm. never know what's going to happen. Mm. It could be freezing. It could be raining. And then if it's raining, Sleep. it's so ugly. I'm fired up now, baby. Thunderstorm. I know. <laughs> well, but they, it's going to be nice. Although I've seen the pictures. They have, like, risers, and they have a covering. And it even sort of made me wonder, is that really outside? Well, there is some debate about whether a tent counts as outdoors. Mm. But it is outdoors. It's just not out flaps. Depends, it's just depends on the tent. Covered outdoors. <laughs> I don't know. Last year in Chicago, Tents it don't was, have doors. we were in like an enclosed. It was almost like a fishbowl, but we were still outside and it was pouring and it started pouring into the studio where we mm. were and just like raining on electrical equipment and lighting. So they saw they, they saw that and they were like, let's double down. on that. <laughs> let's just do everything. Outdoors. We can really sell this aspect of the draft yeah. outside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Ruben Foster, he's had a rough time since the combine. And it almost feels like this happened so long ago with the amount of news that's happening. But the Alabama linebacker, he um, was notified that his urine sample from the combine was diluted. Now, NFL policy flags anything that's diluted as a positive test. So he brought it to Ian Rappaport and to NFL. He wanted to be open and honest about it. He explained that he was sick and that he was maybe experiencing some food poisoning situation. He went to the doctor, and the doctor offered to give him an IV to hydrate him, but instead he was like, nah, I'm going to take some medicine. I'm going to hydrate myself. But this comes after he was sent home from the combine after getting into it with um, medical personnel, uh, someone from the medical staff. So this has been a, a tough time for him. I'm not sure it's really going to hurt his draft stock, but what do you think, Gregory? Well, it's Greg first. <laughs> <laughs> Finish it off with the extra G at the end. That was, that was the intention. We're getting a little extra G today. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 60% G. That's my softball name. At least, once One we, of them. Once we get our jerseys. Uh, I don't know a lot about Ruben Foster, but who gets in a fight? With a medical personnel at the combine, you cannot have a worse combine than than he had to fail a drug test to get to get in a fight. Now it makes me wonder what was he getting a fight in? Maybe it was something to do with the sample, but that's well, I totally. Think, I think they like real. They really poke and prod at you, and if you okay. have any type of like past injury, they want to like see if there's anything there. I'm gonna throw this to Claybon, um because he. Knows a lot about the SEC. Knows a lot about college in general. It's just not a mistake that Claybon and Colleen are on the show. They're kind of draft experts. They're really carrying yes. the load. We didn't even mention what's coming up. We've got you know Claybon's uh, trash, trash takes, trash takes coming <laughs> up. We've got Colleen's odds and ends. We've got some other games Colleen's throwing out. But I wanted to ask and you one about, has a sponsorship. That's, oh yeah, that's wow. right. it's really exciting. Yeah, show me. I I wanted to throw it to Claybon because I've heard. Through, you know, the grapevine, at least, Foster has not endeared himself to NFL teams, even beyond what's been in the headlines, that he's missed meetings when he's met with teams. He's like missed like he's supposed to go out for breakfast or something with with people. And then he doesn't like over like that. I can't really speak to any particular breakfast order that he did or or (laughs) didn't make. I I do know from from what I've heard about the combine situation, he's at the hospital. Uh, He's waiting for an extended period of time. Everybody else is going through this job interview and it's reported that he was there for four hours and at one point he said hey you know i'm here for the draft i'd like to do this and then you know a guy working at the hospital got a little trill got up in his face Uh. and then there was a there was a verbal altercation and they eventually uh, sent him home after that i know we've seen mike mayock say that teams really don't care about the hospital situation okay the the biggest concern uh what ian rapaport said on up to the minute on friday was the shoulder and we're, we're seeing 
because uh, I followed Ruben on on Twitter forever ago during his recruitment at Alabama, and so now he's got he's constant he just is tweeting out his ultrasound that he's getting. Uh, ultrasound therapy with his agent is t- tweeting pictures of the back of his shoulder says the doctor says it's phenomenal everything's going oh, great no. and so um it, it's a question of how much how much credence do you really give like these issues because as you said it's smokescreen season do you give any credence uh, after, after watching him in college yeah no i think ruben's a spectacular football player i know he he used to during his freshman and sophomore year he had a propensity to take himself out of games because he would lower his head and that's where he wears that giant neck roll because he tried to just crush people all the time and, and make highlights. And so uh, he got a little bit of that out of the system, I and mean, that's that's the only thing I'm concerned with. So you think he'll get, be a good pro? I do. Sounds like I, he's a real competitor. He's, he's a football player. You know? like <laughs> perfectly he, acceptable to lose your temper if you're forced to wait in line for four hours at anything. True. Including the hospital. That feels Same like a DMV thing. situation. Yes. Yeah, temp. Which, and the, the NFL's antiquated um, – marijuana rules we don't know when those are going to change or not so if it changes in the next year or two his failed combine drug test wouldn't be that big of an issue but i guess they can't really rely on that now well it'd be interesting to see if it if it hurts him or not i don't know if any of this stuff that we're talking about hurts him but if if whether it's fair or not if teams when they had him in the building weren't getting the greatest impression of his maturity and that was their perception of it from those meetings, that that could hurt him more than anything that happened at the combine, anything like that. Yeah, I feel like people thought he might go to the Saints, for instance, at twelve. Like that, that's that's an early pick. Yeah, it, it almost feels like his damage control is sort of hurting him even more at some points. Like I, I feel like he's trying to overcompensate at this point, and he just needs to take a step back and let everything happen and fall as it does. Just be cool. Be cool, man. Just, be just cool. relax. Everything's fine. All right, speaking of being cool, Marshawn Lynch. The Raiders are trying to figure out what's going on with him. They have three days to figure out if he's going to be on the team or not. It sounds like the two sides are about $1.5 million apart. And Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie said, at some point, you would like to know, prior to the draft, is that exact point. Um, What are they going to do here? And do you think that they're actually going to reach an agreement in time? This story got on my radar mm-hmm. on Friday because you got the sense from the Raiders they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. For I really, that. I think this is the first time anything's been on my radar. Yeah, <laughs> my radar is pretty it's low. Notable. I don't really have a radar. <laughs> it's uh, not a lot of people's radar, too. To be fair, just just because I think the Raiders are wondering, does this? I read between the lines. Maybe I'm wrong. The Raiders are wondering, does this guy really want to play? It was the first time in this whole process I thought. Oh, oh, maybe this isn't a sure thing because I, I, from re, you know, listening to Ian Rapport's reporting and everything, like I think they can work out a trade. I think they can work out the money. I don't know if they've gotten a hundred percent word from Marshawn Lynch, like, hey, I want to show up and start playing. Like that maybe is still up in the air whether he wants to play football or not. I'd wonder too. Dude's retired and he wants more money than Adrian Peterson. I don't like. Okay, do you want to play or do you not want to play? I think if we know anything about Marshawn, he wants to play for the right price. And if he doesn't get that price, he's not going to play. Like Marshawn Lynch is, mm. as much as he loves Oakland, he's not going to he's not going to do it out of the kindness of his own heart. He's going <laughs> to do it to be compensated financially. And so I think. But it uh, sounds like they're not that far apart, no. relatively. So if that really is the is the gap, then I would expect him to be signed and us to be talking about it before the draft. I just wonder how he'll be. And this draft class is so deep with really talented running backs. And when I'm looking at him and I'm looking at the guys that are coming in and they're younger and they're fresh legs, I mean, do you really – are you really gaining a lot from this or would you rather go after somebody in the draft? You don't have to. You don't have to make the financial investment. Uh, you could potentially have one of these guys, a Dalvin Cook, a Leonard Fournette, for for five years. But yeah, you're just not going to have as entertaining or as exciting of a season. <laughs> true. It's true. And they have two young guys. I think that's a huge, huge part of it. They have two second-year players, so I think they look at it like they have two second-year players they know that they like in DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard. And so adding a veteran sort of makes more, maybe makes more sense to them than adding a, a third young player. Because if Lynch doesn't work out, I think they could they could live off of those two guys. What's the biggest mm. jackpot in sports? Entertainment plus competitive advantage. Mm. I mean, if you are a fun team and you're also a good team, 
Those are the teams the whole country, the whole world likes. I've seen my only sports loyalty now is the Cincinnati Reds. I've seen some years where they win 96 games and they're boring. Uh-huh. But I've also seen years where they're kind of a 500 team and they're exciting to watch. You're in on them this year. Oh, I'm I'm so in on the Reds this year. I, I have no belief it's that they're going to Glow, you're glowing. It, I know. Yeah, it's weird to see West care about a sports team. Oh, I, I had the spreadsheets out last night looking at their 40-man roster. Tell me more leagues. about these spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Look at this thing. I West. One of the um, a, one of the great a, um, colors. Oh my god, this is so cool! And I know that this is a podcast, and everybody <laughs> listening can't see, but there's colors and we'll, there's we'll a grid a system. <laughs> well, you do you do bring up a good fact we should mention. This show is being streamed on NFL.com oh. Monday night. If you happen to listen to the podcast early at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Look at that. I am you under, can kind of see it, yeah. I'm under no delusion that the Reds are going to be like wow. the win, winning their division. <laughs> if they can keep me in it till September by some unlikely stories, and they do have some unlikely fun stories like Bronson Arroyo, mm. three years from his last pitch, now 40 years old, still winning games. I want – I want, All right, save it for NFL's MLB podcast. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, w- I want to uh, – I want my wife to look at me the same way Colleen looks at spreadsheets. <laughs> well, <binders>. I <laughs> one of the great listeners of this pod sent us an amazing uh, like Excel document of the schedule release, and it was color coded mm-hmm. and it was very organized, and I loved it. Yeah. I, I well, saved. For, I saved it. My right head started eye. hurting. I clicked on the tweet, and my head started hurting. I was I like, could, "Whoa!" Look a lot at of this. dissonance there. <laughs> I, can't I, know. I was worried it was like junk mail or something that was going to be a virus on the computer. <laughs> of course you would, Greg. <laughs> do you get that a lot? What are you on, AOL or Hotmail? What are you what, doing? Wes actually opens all of Greg's mail. <laughs> <laughs> he just passes it over the desk. Here, honey, here's the keys. Go turn on my car. <laughs> all right, so um, let's move on to Jalen Smith. So the Cowboys' former second-round pick uh, linebacker, good news for him his nerve is regenerating again, which um, that sounds really ominous, but at the same time, promising. Uh, his knee had some nerve issues, and they've been waiting for it to regenerate, and it's sort of been a lot slower of a process than everybody had hoped for, but now he's gaining muscle control. Wes, this, I think, was on your radar, right? Well, it's hard to reconcile the Cowboys' excitement versus the medical reports coming out of there. Stephen Jones came in late Friday and said, we're more fired up than ever that we took a draft flyer on this guy. He's making great improvements. We expect him for OTAs. And then you see lines in rap sheets report like there's still a long way to go, but he's slowly getting muscle control, as if he's like an eight-month-old baby getting muscle control over his legs. That is not a good sign for an NFL player. They already know he's never going to be the player he was at Notre Dame. It's just what fraction of that player is he going to be someday? Well, maybe he, like, makes some amazing comeback like Adrian Peterson did, and he's, like, all of a sudden the million-dollar man. Well, I think he's going to need to more quickly get muscle control. (laughs) The the issue there, because we we look at surgeries and we see, like, okay, well, this guy got this procedure, and so he should have the same recovery time as this other guy who got the same. But people, like humans, don't really No, we put everything on paper, (laughs) Claybon. That's how it works in spreadsheets. When when I saw the the nerve-firing issues uh, months ago, it's like, well, I mean, this guy had a pretty expansive operation. Right. Cutting just, like, you think about, like, auto parts but it's not that it's like meat you're what? just just cutting into <laughs> and sewing back together Ew. and so i really um Ew. don't be weird clay no i just it's it's and and to see because like, i and bond i see the stephen jones point where he's got to come out and support the, the guy yeah the human that they drafted like well we're, we're still excited about this guy but if he's not if he's not ready for otas or if he's not ready for training camp or, or, or week one I think that's not it's not time to give up right. and the, the idea of Jalen Smith yet. And well that that's true and the context of how he said it back in March for instance is important. Like he was getting really defensive like, "Oh no, we didn't lose that many free agents. We're fine. Like like things are fine. We've got a plan. You know, Jalen Smith is a guy that we're really excited about." And it was almost like a like this guy's going to be a huge difference maker for us. And you're right, you don't know and and the reality is even though we do look at past surgeries there aren't many examples of NFL players. For instance, they asked Stephen Jones, do you have another example of another player who played with a brace for drop foot, which is how he's, you know, they're, they're expecting him to be part of OTAs with a brace on his foot 
or leg for drop foot, which you know I'm I don't really understand. Please explain to us. I don't really what know drop foot is. I don't really know what that is, but their your nerve doesn't work. Right, in your they're foot. in they're in uncharted territory. Is all I'm saying. This is true. Drop foot sounds like something a British shoulder, soldier got in 1864 <laughs> at the Battle <laughs> and of whatever, they, they Cornwall. Took, they took him with a third pick in the second round. They took Man, him, that is so high. And if you look at the other players, and it's un, it's almost unfair to do this, but just if you take a sprinkling of the next five or six players taken, it happens to be extremely good uh, sample size for a second-round pick. Hunter Henry looks awesome. Miles Jack, we'll see. Chris Jones, one of the best defensive uh, rookies last year. Xavier Howard starting at the end of the year. Noah Spence looked really good. Sterling Shepard. Uh, so that those are the types of players you can get at that that part of the draft. Guys, we have a little breaking news here. Oh, wow. I just got word from Sydney that Jake Long has announced his retirement. Oh, okay. So. Farewell. Great job. You did it. Now you're done. I think the NFL retired him a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh. Look, this guy, he was the number one overall pick in a year where the, the Dolphins passed on Matt Ryan. This was Bill Parcells passing on Matt Ryan, I believe, because he loved Chad Henney. But wow, it, that's a great thing to remember when people are kissing up to Bill Parcells. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's a great coach. I don't think in anyone in the back pocket. He's not in the Hall of Fame for his general manager or his okay. team czar abilities. It's because he was a great coach. But this guy was a, I believe, he was a Pro Bowl or an All Pro his first four years in the league, and injuries just ruined his career. I mean, he was among the best left tackles in football. That's a good point. His, I'm looking at now, first team All Pro in his second year. He was a second team All Pro as a rookie, so he was uh, a good pick that was devastated by injuries pretty quick. You know, pretty quickly. Care- careers don't normally happen in this era quite like that. That used those sort of careers used to happen all the time, where you're a great, great player and then fall off after four or five years. But I thought, what it was? Did anyone else have the same? thought when they heard Jake Long was retiring as it relates to this podcast or no? You're thinking about Dan? This guy was a, I believe, four-time or three-time captain of the Greybeards. Mm. Dan's team of free agents. Yeah, every so. He has been on the team, I think, four straight years. He's an all-pro. The roster yeah. taking a huge hit. I mean, I'm looking at his retirement note here, and he leaves out Dan, which is <laughs> which is shocking to me. <laughs> Dan's not going to like that. He's shouting out uh, Tom Condon, uh, Dr. James Andrews, and uh, Lloyd Carr are the three uh, shout-outs. Lloyd Carr. Last, last bit of his retirement note. Wow. And then he just rode off into the sunset. Yeah. Did oh. any college or pro coach ever look more like a cartoon supervillain than Lloyd Carr? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, I don't, I don't, think I don't so. want to get, get in trouble. That's, that's up there. It looks like some guy that Scooby Doo would pull the mask off of. <laughs> Working at a carnival. Or you are right. All right. Way way go, I think Col- we could split screen that. Way to go, Colleen! Jumping, uh, just breaking just getting in there. In there. I mean, you're, that means you're you're sending a message to. There's a lot of moving Sydney. parts right now. I got. I got this going on. I'm hosting a path to the draft after this. Oh, wow. I killed a roach last night. Wow. Boom. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was, like, really traumatizing. It was actually like there was a home intruder. You don't and see too many roaches in, in I area. know, and I'm, like, a clean freak. And you you guys have been over. Well, mm-hmm. Wes, you've been over. Uh, I mean – it was really bad. <laughs> Clavon and I have never been. Sorry. I Just mean, to guys, clarify. Yeah, and Greg. Wes and Colleen are much better friends. And Greg's my neighbor, so. <laughs> I, live like, I, live, I live like a block away. <laughs> Listen, well, the fun at Colleen's house happens you. after you're in bed. Oh, it's true. Roasted. Yeah, Dad. Please. Well, next time, if I see another bug, I'll call you up and you can come kill Don't it. Don't you have um, a husband for that? He's in Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, do you, if, do but, you guys know what his name is? And, Greg, uh, you should tell the folks. Listeners have never heard about it. John Roland Gonzalez, <laughs> born March 12, 1977, is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. Just to That's clarify. New. For those who didn't know. Let's clear Where that up. Where did that come from? I'm a so, Pisces, too. Are you? It's good. You know. Wow. We're, so Greg and I are, and I are sometimes we're Pisces, sometimes we're Aquarius. Sometimes we rhyme you slow, sometimes we rhyme quick. You're on the cusp? Yeah, oh, we're cuspers. Oh, wow. We have the same birthday. Oh, that's right. And I forget mm. every year. Because I'm a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never over. All right. Um, we have, ooh, how about this? We have a sponsorship here. Time now for Draft Facts, driven by Hyundai. You know what it is, guys? What is it? 
It's time for odds and ends, odds and ends. Hey, everybody, tell your friends, because it's time for odds and ends. All right, so it's a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. I say you know. I never know when it's going to yeah. end. <laughs> we're, we're not going to be too hard. I mean, it's like odd, everybody involved. Odds and ends driven by Hyundai. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> also, thank you to like, everybody who's listening right now who sends me pictures of signs that say odds and ends because it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the reasons Hyundai wanted to jump on board with us. They, yeah. They were yeah. huge fans of odds and ends. They're like, hey, how about four shows in? Mm-hmm. Can you have Colleen on? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think Dan even on. knows that I have a sponsorship yeah. on his podcast, your you podcast. So... How about that, Dan? All right, so this Odds and Ends edition is an all-draft edition. I had a chance to talk to a lot of the guys at the Combine, which was really cool, and I got some different weird, odd facts and stories, and some of them aren't really necessarily fun facts, but let's start with Miles Garrett. He's going to be number one overall pick, and I feel like a lot of people Mark know. Mark Sessler hopes he's going to be the number one overall pick. <laughs> I know. Now it's starting to bubble up. You I can't, I oh, can't stand <laughs> these stories about them taking a quarterback there. Like, stop. It's not going to happen. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done with that. Wow. I think that's why Mark's off today. <laughs> he was just so tortured by this news and speculation. He just a ball of potential energy ready to oh. He's in the fetal position right now. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Rocking back. So, Miles Garrett, he uh, was on Twitter for a while. He quit it. So, he's off all Twitter and social media. Um, he's obsessed with the 70s. Loves the 70s. Is Can't like blame him there. The, the culture, the music, everything about it. Miles Garrett and I would get along famously. Well, he's a huge bookworm, too. Wow, this, they need to draft this guy. I know. <laughs> he loves the 70s, like the, the drugs, the casual racism. It was great. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some things that he likes more than others about the 70s. Um, he writes his own poetry. Big Big poetry uh, That's writer. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, but the big thing is he's really into dinosaurs, and which I was like, oh, man, I want him to go to a team with Will Hayes. I want him to go to Miami. But so they can have debates? Yes. So <laughs> Maybe they can bring Carl Everett into it. Oh, yeah, maybe. Carl, Miles Garrett. Carl Everett reference. <laughs> it's a, thank you hey, for that. Before William Hayes, Carl Everett was He's about as well known to our listeners as John Gonzalez. Right, you have to reward the few listeners who know Ooh. him. <laughs> John Roland Gonzalez, born March 12, 1977, is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. The drop gave me a chance to Google Carl Everett, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I was just yeah, like, oh, I, 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 I'm with yeah. You. I'm with you. Red Sox, great. Among, yeah, among be, well, long before Will Hayes, Carl Everett used to say there was no such thing as dinosaurs. They never roamed the earth. All this, you know, more pro athletes breeding ignorance. Wow. He was like an unlikable Will Hayes. Will Hayes like <laughs> No one likes Carl right. Everett. <laughs> well, Miles Garrett's on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, and he wanted to be an archaeologist. He dug up his like entire backyard when he was a little kid. And then at the Combine, we did a little quiz with him, a dinosaur quiz, and he had the answers before I could even get the questions out. That sounds fascinating. He really is. The Renaissance man. I know. So there's Miles Garrett for you. Well, dinosaurs, I was thinking about this. Like, what are other things that are, yeah, that are unbelievably popular with, like, six, six, seven-year-olds? Like, you would think, like, looking at how much six, seven-year-olds or whatever study dinosaurs, that that would end up being, like, a bigger deal in life. But by the time you're 10, then no one cares about dinosaurs (laughs) ever again. so you're saying archaeologists are immature? No, but they're they're a niche. At, like <laughs> they're a niche. That's it. Wow. Wait, 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 extra G today, baby. You're saying that everybody <laughs> grows out of this <laughs> by the time they're eight years old, except for people who study it for a living. <laughs> Way more than sixty percent G today. All right. Way more. You you're twisting my words. <laughs> Greg hates archaeologists, dinosaurs, and that's all you need to know. Dinosaurs are like the equivalent of Barbie dolls of Star Wars. Ooh, like Kirk. like no no Star Wars. You're like breaking movie, my heart. Movie release. You're the chosen. No 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 no. Wait, I'm I, saying they are the most popular thing out there. They're oh, the most. They're the, the number one thing. They're the number one thing in the pop culture of 
they are, children, and they fall off pretty hard. It's like When's garbage the last time trucks for four-year-olds. Have we oh, ever Cecily spoken about dinosaurs? <laughs> well, I, I think my generation is a little askew there because in 1993, uh, Jurassic Park came out. And then the Toronto yeah. Raptors yeah. named their team after a movie. And so dinosaurs were hot there for about yeah. eight or nine years during a, a formative time in my life where well, we were exposed we're to a lot of science. I'm it's just like Fast and Furious. Yes. <laughs> I've got coffee can exhaust. So, yeah. <laughs> so you think Greg's a little over the top with his dinosaur analysis? Uh, no. I, I trust Greg with my life. <laughs> like, I'm and just, all things dinosaur. I'm saying like the amount of facts and things that an average seven-year-old knows about dinosaurs far exceeds the average thing an adult knows, mm. for instance. And that's not true of just about anything else. Are you saying we should invest more time in teaching our children contemporary things as opposed mm. to things that happened 65 million years ago? I mean, it, ha it seems – yeah. Great point. Hot take. Great point. I like that. <laughs> I'm just asking if that's what Greg was saying. I wasn't saying that, but I like that interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> We're going to have a lot more of these. Okay. Uh, here's a quick one. The uh, two DBs, you have Jamal Adams from LSU and Tease Tabor from Florida. They have a little Who's bet going guy? on. Tease Tabor. Okay. Or Tease Tabor, Tabor, Tabor. I tease Tez. Some people go. Oh, oh. Tez. No, I, I've heard. I've heard. I have. I literally have no idea. Oh God. Okay. I, I don't know. I think his real name is. Jaylen. You gotta find this out by Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tease is a good nickname. Name. Yeah. On I, a show that actually matters, you gotta get ready for that. Well, so Tease. I guess he said that uh, all of his close friends call him Tease, and he came okay. on Path to the Draft though last time I was on, and I was like, Hey, Tease, how are you? I'm Colleen. And he was like, Oh, Jalen. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. So, so we're not there yet, I guess. No, no big deal. All right. And Bucky Brooks was like, oh, Jalen. <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyway, these two guys, they have a little bet going on that whoever goes first in the draft pays to send the other on a trip elsewhere in the country. So nice. I would guess that the guy I've heard of is going to be drafted ahead of the guy uh. I've not heard of. Jamal Adams is definitely going to go first. Right. So that means Tease Tabor has to, or Jalen, has to <laughs> pay for him to go anywhere. So I asked Jamal Adams at the Combine where he would want to go. This was supposed to be anywhere in the country. So he said Paris. So I was like, well, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 we're expanding it. I want to go somewhere high class like Paris. <laughs> I like it. So it looks like Tease is going to have to pay to send Jalen to Paris. We'll see on Thursday. There's, there's also a Paris, Texas. There, Which and, I, I, oh, no, that loophole is wonderful. It's a Paris, Kentucky as well. <laughs> really? How do you guys and there's know a this? London, because you drive through it on the way down south I, and you live in Cincinnati. And in the Paris, huh. Texas, not only that, I know that in Paris, Texas, they have a little mini Eiffel Tower, <laughs> but at the top, it has a cowboy hat on it. No, it does not. <laughs> they you should make an emoji out of that Eiffel Tower with a cowboy hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> Put in the request now, Wes. <laughs> That's actually the, the full ad. It's like Eiffel Tower with a cowboy hat. <laughs> wow, uh, that was good. Okay. VO, VO uh, voiceover producers and directors out there, contact Patrick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> so this one isn't really fun. It's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened in our era. Uh, O.J. Howard tight end from Alabama he went to uh, when he was a junior in high school this was 2011 his principal told him that he couldn't take his girlfriend to prom because she was white what I know when I heard the story I was like you've got to be kidding me and this happened when this happened six seven years ago mm. uh, where he went to high school uh, was originally opened as a segregation academy which was like opened in 1969 to kind of skirt the laws. So obviously when this happened, like everybody freaked out because what the hell it's 2011, get a grip. And the principal apologized at a school wide assembly and then went on leave. OJ ended up taking his girlfriend to prom and his sister went with a white student and she was named homecoming queen. And then OJ's parents and OJ's girlfriend's parents also went to the prom and they trolled the awful board members from the high school. But OJ's mom walked in with OJ's girlfriend's dad. And then OJ's dad walked in with OJ's girlfriend's mom. So technically four black and white couples went to the prom after they tried to tell OJ that he couldn't bring his girlfriend. That is amazing to me that in 2011, something like that still happened. And maybe I'm 
just maybe in Philly, I'm not used to that as much as other places. Where but is this? I, this, this was, was in Alabama. This was Autauga Academy, which, like like uh, Colleen said, to to skirt the laws when the when Brown versus Board uh, came down, a lot of places just uh, went around and said, well, well, you know, we'll have private schools, we'll have certain admission standards, and we'll need people to live in certain areas, uh, and through redlining, eventually, like people were able to keep segregation alive. And so Racists are among the most determined people on earth. Yeah. My God. And, well, so, you, and you grew up in well, I mean, near I grew, Birmingham, I, right? I grew up in Birmingham. And so the difference, uh, you know, we have conversations, whereas other parts of the world, you know, this, this story might come as a surprise. I doubt in, in 2017, uh, through what happened last year, people are surprised anymore about, right. like, oh, you know, well, this is, you know, this is a... Like you said about dinosaurs, you know, this is a part of the history of our country that a lot of people don't uh, don't realize has such a impact that it does today. So yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it does suck, and they're paying but money. But it's real. That's an academy. Yeah. So they're paying money to go there. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. the now the road outside the high school is O.J. Howard Lane. Good for the Howards to attempt mm. to get people to stand outside their narrow mindsets, but in my experience. Usually has no long-term effect. But it sucks that the, the burden was on them to be so much better. Absolutely. It yeah. That, yeah. That you have to be better. You have to go high constantly. And so that, you know, here's a, here's a it kid. It gets that, exhausting. A I'm five-star sure. recruit that was going to Alabama. So he was able to get his way. But, you know. Mm. What, and it's like you can't. It's a good point. If it was basically yeah. anyone else, we would have yeah. never. What if it's Steve We would have never heard about it. Yeah. Steve right. Johnson, former Portland Trailblazer <laughs> Center. <laughs> in the early 80s. Well, maybe he gets his date, too. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. So that story, uh, he's such a nice kid. He's such a talented tight end. He's going to go really high. I think top 10 probably. Dan's hoping he lands with the Jets. I mean, I, I've, saw, I've seen a ton of mock drafts where he goes to the Jets. Any comparisons as a, an Alabama enthusiast for O.J. Howard? as, as a I, I, I'm, I'm horrible at player comps. I do yeah. know O.J. Is a, is a really good um, – Really good football player. I've heard some um, Greg Olson. Talk. Yeah, he's Jason he's a Witten. big dude, yeah, and he's a great pass catcher. He doesn't. I mean, nobody. No, it's going to be a while for anybody who has wheels like Greg uh, is able to to do that. But um, I I do know OJ is uh, is balanced in his game, mm-hmm. and he he was working on the blocking aspect because he, he's you know a six five kid. If you watch the Otago Academy, which we were just talking about, if we watch, so that was a low low level high school. Mm-hmm. Watch OJ's high school tape. Oh, like, really? oh my god! It's like people that are four foot nothing trying to tackle this giant. <laughs> it's hilarious. Just go watch. It. Like watching Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, how about Solomon Thomas, pass rusher from Stanford? He's probably going to go. I mean, a lot of people are saying he's going to go second overall to the 49ers. He lived in Australia for five years when he was younger, and if his dad wasn't transferred to the U.S. because of work. He wouldn't have even played football. Mm. Wow. So he's like. He'd be playing Aussie rules. I, exactly. <laughs> he was a big swimmer. You can make some You can make some money playing Aussie rules, we, we found out. Really? From that. Who is the No, I can't even remember oh. his name anymore. They're going to be mad again. The Hain plane? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jared Hain. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't making as much as an NFL superstar, but he was making in the multiple millions of dollars. And he was a national hero on top of that. You can't put a price on that. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Solomon Thomas, also a huge fan of Beyonce, and he said seeing Beyonce in concert was one of the best experiences of his life. So I'm just wondering where the draft and the Beyonce concert will Mm. stack up Mm. against each other. Well, this one's outside. Yeah. <laughs> Beyonce concert outside? <laughs> well, uh, I think it was at Levi Stadium. Mm. So, outside as well. That's going to be tough. I, there's not nearly as much risk with an outdoor concert at Levi Stadium as there is with Philadelphia. I don't know if being a Beyonce fan is quite at the level of draft facts. Uh, well, Greg, like, you like, don't know. I feel like not being, uh, uh, not being a Beyonce fan. 60% G taking shots at Colleen's segment, which is sponsored by Hyundai. Hyundai. It's driven by Hyundai, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Key. So, uh, okay. Should Do we one go? last one. One more? Okay. Tack McKinley, UCLA pass rusher. So, Tack was at the point where he was applying for jobs at McDonald's and 
Taco Bell, and he was basically giving up on football. He had accepted a scholarship to Cal, but he didn't qualify academically, so he ended up at community college. Now, Tack was super close with his grandma, like took care of her. They hung out from the time he was younger. This was like, like a his Matt best friend. situation. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't come from a lot. They didn't have a lot to help pay the rent. She would collect recycling cans. Like it, it was it was a dire situation. So he promised his grandma that he would play Division One football, and it just wasn't working out. And he was really trying to make it work at community college so then he could go on to another college, and he was just really down on himself. So finally, an assistant coach at UCLA mm. who had recruited him went through his transcripts and found out that – discovered that he wasn't credited for two summer classes that he had taken when he was in high school. So they had to get various letters from principals and teachers and get his actual grade books to prove to the NCAA. And finally it worked out and he was able to go to UCLA, fulfill his promise to his grandma. Mm. And now he's going to be drafted probably first round. So a nice I like that. ending. Gives me, see, this is good. Gives me someone yeah. to root for. Now we, we know, know something we about know a, lot, a lot about him now. I'm also rooting mm-hmm. for this next edition of Odds and Ends song. Coming oh, yeah. So that was right. Draft Facts, driven by Hyundai. Everybody's favorite. Odds and Ends. Odds and Ends. Hey, everybody, tell your friends, because the time has come for Odds and Ends. I don't know. The end is just not uh, ever working. It's always about, there at the beginning. You, you got in super early. Come. I did, and I thought it was going to work. <laughs> How about this? Like, it, like time, time has come for odds to end. Oh. Greg, oh, wow. you should Greg be a writer. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, I'm excited for this next section. Yeah, I, I am too. Yeah. This is much cooler than odds and ends. That's why Patrick Claibon's driving it. Well, well, much like this, this music. <laughs> you know what that music means. It's a you know what that means. For, for an artist, but this music isn't quite the artist that we want it to be. Oh. So it's kind of like, eh, it's like, wait, is this, is this trash? And that's, <laughs> and that's, what, that's what you have to ask yourself uh, when you're watching a Twitter conversation or you're reading an article. Is this trash? Put it through the filter. So and, yeah, people that don't know, Claibon is been named uh, by Dave Damashek in the building a alms takesman. He kind of he looks at the hot takes out there and he lets them know which which are acceptable, which are not. It's generally done on Twitter. I appreciate Claybon's role in doing this. He he determines what are the the acceptable takes, which are not. And so we thought we'd kind of set yeah. up a game for it. Yeah, You're like a gatekeeper. What, what I want to do is because I know I hate a lot of this stuff, but I wanted to see how you guys felt okay. about it. And so on Twitter, you know, we have a process. You look at a tweet and you'd make a decision. Am I going to retweet this? Am I going to block this person? Or am I going to unfollow this person? Okay. And so it's like a block, mock, retweet. Uh, kind okay. of like the, the game with the unsavory name that, yeah. that people play uh, regarding uh, – the members of the opposite sex. Human beings. <laughs> yes. And so um, i just... What is that game? Um, Mary... I want to make love to Greg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's actually what the name of the game should be. And so uh, I asked the, the great people on Twitter.com to give me the worst draft takes that they've seen through this draft season. Oh, so wow. I've, I've got a few of them, and I'm, I'm just going to read some of these takes out, and I want to ask you guys if you would block this person mm. and mock them. Would you unfollow them? Or I love this. I'm already annoyed at everything and everybody, so I'm ready for this. I love how Claybon and Colleen come so prepared. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> much more than us. Uh, the first trash tweet, or maybe I don't know. You guys tell me if these takes are trash. The Bears need guys with Midwestern football ethics, and McCaffrey healthy scratched himself from games. I don't trust the heart there, Greg. I think that's a block. <laughs> I mean, that's a take so bad that not only, you know, I, you could think about unfollow, just get this person out of your life, but something that heinous, <laughs> something that outrageously stupid, I don't even want them sneaking into my timeline if, if someone else retweets them. I wrote this phrase down. Who was that? We need to call to that me. out. 
Do we know who that is? Uh, n- names have been ask? names have been scrubbed. Oh. Ah. Actually, no. I, I sent this email to uh, to Sydney last night, and I didn't include the names on there. So I'd have to go back and look it up. It's I don't okay. feel like it because these people suck. I think the the dissonance for me here is that ethics has no place in this sentence. With Midwestern football, ethics is not a mo- uh, it doesn't describe that in any like it doesn't fit together. <laughs> I understand Midwestern football like I grew up. It it's not played as fast as Southern football or Western football. It's more run heavy. You're playing on natural grass as a lot. Well, I, I get that there's a certain level of football that's different, but ethics has no place in it. I agree with Greg. You got to you got to block. I feel like that's kind of a mockable tweet. Mm. I mean, there's so many levels and layers to it, and right. I, I feel like it. And what's the ending with something with heart? Don't trust the heart. Don't trust the heart. Can we talk about that? It what's sucks. the what is like the the scale of trust for somebody's heart that you don't even know and that has nothing? What what does that even mean? I'm it's so like, annoyed like- by these stupid. <laughs> scouting terms yeah. and these people that talk about oh he's a football player or oh he doesn't have what does that mean he doesn't have heart or I, i'm done i'm done with heart takes i'm i'm so glad that yeah, you guys it, are it's like kadeem carey and jeremy langford they, they're good midwestern ethics for this guy <laughs> forget it can't have him on the team the supreme Get your act together bro you're trash <laughs> <laughs> just the supreme level of confidence you would have to have in yourself to think that from thousands of miles away you could judge another one's heart. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's amazing. So so we're all three uh, blocked there. We'll go to the second one. Uh, winning teams don't draft a wide receiver in round one. Oh, Colleen. God. That's, that is block. That's blockable. <laughs> really? Winning teams don't draft a wide receiver? Oh, come on. That's like the most broad, vague, lazy tweet. Don't even bother tweeting. What you got, Greg? Yeah, I would just unfollow. I mean, that person, I don't even want them to know, like, how much they annoyed me. But just get them out of my life. I mean, I would. you could easily just respond with, you know, the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. You could respond with a million different teams <laughs> that drafted wide receivers in the first round and did just fine, including the Atlanta Falcons who traded up. Bengals won. Bengals made the playoffs every year of the first five years of A.J. Green's career, didn't they? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think you got to go block. <laughs> yes. Two for two. Uh, here's one that's uh, – pretty singeing. I wouldn't take Joe Mixon in the first round, but I would take him oh. immediately in the second round. <laughs> oh my god, no. Stop it. Stop it. Nah. Actual no. thing said by a human. I, that one I I I think uh, that was on ESPN, was it not? I, I believe so. I, oh, good for you. You're <laughs> not going to take him in the first round and you're going to wait 32 picks. Great. Great for you. You're such a wonderful person. This is this is the the one instance so far in the podcast where I wish Sessler was here to to go off on the white knights of Twitter. <sighs> People who would never take a stand on anything in real life, but if you get them on Twitter, they're taking yeah. stands. This is like a half stand. Right. This is – Block! What does it mean? I, I just like, what are you trying to – if PR is the only problem, then you saying PR is the only problem is a bigger problem than actual PR. Thank you. Right. Plus, what's the difference between – What the hell is it the difference? It gets to another thing which annoys me, which I think is part of it, which is people get so worked up about, like, he's a, he's a second-round pick. Eh, he's like a – he's a borderline second or third-round pick. I've always had, like – like, first of all, you don't know how you're bo- – like, if you're a team, you don't know how guys are going to fall or anything. Like, what is the difference between the 22nd pick and the 35th pick to a certain team? Like, I don't know. Just all that stuff. Drives- People get, get it into their head that, like, guys are – well, no, he's a he's a first – he's an early first, but he's not a you – know, Drives me Definitely a third-rounder. Who right. was calling Dak Prescott a first-rounder? It's that right. rigid right. thing. You see it in fantasy, too, that all of the best experts in the field have to agree on who's the first and second picks. God forbid you take David Johnson first when everybody else has him going. He's more of a fifth or well, the, sixth the, pick than the, a first pick. Uh, the cognitive, give me a break. The cognitive dissonance that is insane about is we have every single year of proof that all of these picks will be totally jumbled. Like the one thing we know about the draft is that, that the picks, like there's going to be great picks late. Like no one knows what they're talking about. That's the one thing we know. And yet we always like talk ahead of it. Like we do know what we're talking about. All right. And uh, I'll finish it up with one of my favorite genres is the, draft expert that obviously makes up quotes from scouts oh no, mm. oh, no. wait this uh, is your last one i thought you had a few <laughs> we, we've got some but for the interest wait of time. so you think that p 
people employed by respectable. No. Okay. No, these these are just these are just draft experts. Uh, one of one of his tweets that I saw uh, indicated that a, a, a scout drunk te- texted him, and so that gave him a little insight. Uh, this one says, it, "Oh my God, NFC scout text to me one second ago. Yes, would care about bad Wonderlick score. If a quarterback scored a 15, we would pass." Uh, yeah, that's just like kind of more of an annoying tweet. Like I, I, <laughs> I hate the Wonderlick in general. I hate like the grade shaming of it. And also, I hate the humble brag of that guy. Like, oh, yeah, well, mm, one second ago. One second ago, and then I just immediately mm, dashed off this tweet to you. One second ago. Really? Yeah. That might be block-worthy. I was going to just unfollow, but now I'm going to block him for the one second. Ago. <laughs> I'm sort of fascinated here that you are convinced that this is a made-up quote. Right? Well, I, look, I, I obviously have a bias, and I'm, I'm pretty strong about these these things i, I did see in, in his terms timeline, of the wonder look. he called somebody triggered and maybe uh insinuated somebody else was a snowflake because they didn't like his tweets mm. and so I, i'm leaning towards yes this person is making this up um I, dan marino didn't get a 15 by the way for what it's worth i think most sta- most standardized standardized intelligence tests are pretty much useless and it's pseudoscience and it belongs nowhere in the 21st century um, but I agree with Colleen. Thank you for flushing that out. The one second ago <laughs> is blockable. Yeah. No. Yeah. Who cares? Okay. You're not that important. Great. Let's Thanks for the important details. Yeah. Let's do a speed round of the ones you got left. All right. Uh, going <laughs> going through, like, uh, try to cover all. they're all going to be blocked. Cover all the genres. Uh, Ryan Ramzik took that year off of football after high school. You have to wonder if he really loves football. Blocked. Oh. Blocked. Uh, uh-uh. Deshaun Blocked. Kaiser will succeed in a small market. If he goes to a bigger market, he won't be focused enough on being a quarterback. Oh, my God, block. And then chatter, colon. Yeah, because being focused <laughs> on a quarterback, like, you, you can't chatter. become a star in Carolina. Or... Chatter, colon. <laughs> Reuben Foster, next Rolando McLean, question mark. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, done with that one. I'm going to like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> wanted to mix it up. Unfollow and mute. <laughs> they play the same position, went to the same school. They could be the same exact human being. Mm. I think at this point, in by this point in April, I have unfollowed almost every draft nick anyway. <laughs> Do you even follow anybody anymore? I follow like 900 <laughs> people. <laughs> the but I like just but I don't, it gets the world it, the internet is lousy with with draft analysts this time of year whether you are an amateur draft analyst a professional draft analyst mm. you've watched two games of a player so you everybody needs your opinion on it I just enough none of it means anything until a draft actually happens and there's there's enough quality draft analysts and people who actually watch film and go through things yeah. and have discussions about actual there's enough for you to follow that you don't have to lean into these these mm. takes men all right, so that's it for Trash Takes. Yep. I kind of want to just hear that song one more time. <laughs> but, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Claybon's Trash Takes. Oh, yeah. We need I feel like that needs a sponsor. We need to bring this segment back in the future. <laughs> <laughs> for, a peek, for a peek behind the curtain, we considered uh, talking about Le'Veon Bell's terrible <laughs> rap song, and this is the song we were going to play instead of playing Le'Veon Bell's terrible rap song. I feel like this is probably better. Yeah, it wouldn't take much. I've heard worse athlete rap songs than Le'Veon Bell. Yes, Bell's, it actually was, I, I can say that. it wasn't that embarrassing. I mean, it was just sort of boring. Really? <laughs> I thought oh it was God. That's like the worst. The worst thing you could probably say about a rap song <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, that's true. Or a song like, in general. Other other athlete rap songs were sort of more obviously embarrassing. This was like just sort Ray of Ray Lewis's uh, like a book on tape. Bad, bad <laughs> rap song. Sorry. Okay, we got one, one last thing game. Before. A lot of games. So many games. Uh. This one is called, Who Said It? All right. So, I have some quotes here, and uh, I'm going to throw them out to you guys. And we have to guess. Yeah. You sort of did this on Twitter the other day. I did it, yeah. I I like uh, Oh, it was a Tom Savage quote. Okay, so here's the first one. I just felt like the league and that path wasn't for me. I just knew that I didn't want to waste, for me, my younger years doing something that I didn't want to do. That was kind of my viewpoint on the situation. I think I know this just because. Yeah, we got a spoiler. I know. <laughs> well, Damn it! <laughs> I wrote his retirement post for Roto World back in 2010. Oh, there we go. Ah, Glenn Coffee, right? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, former 49ers running back who left. Um, 
I don't want to diminish why he left, but he did say because Christ told him to. Well, no, football he... wasn't that important in his life. But he also said that he criticized professional football players for making football such an important part of their life when there's so much out there. And more like making money so much a part of your life. Mm. I believe he... I respect that. He pursued initially... He was an army ranger. A life in the mm-hmm. church, actually, for, for a little while. And then he ended up going into, into the army after that. Wow. So now he's making a comeback. This would be like Tim Hightower... Um, to the tenth degree, if he made a comeback after what seven years yeah, away a as a running back, he'd be about thirty years old now. I mean, he it does not help him that he did not light up the NFL in the one year. In fact, he struggled hard. Uh, he was going to be Frank Gore's backup. I think he couldn't even get that that role kind of locked down. I think it was Anthony Dixon. I can't believe it. Wow, it was like two point. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats now. Two point seven yards per attempt. Uh, yards per carry is rookie. So that's going to hurt his chances, but people always give him a, give a shot. Look, if Marshawn Lynch doesn't work out, yeah, maybe he ends up in Oakland. The <laughs> Oakland Raiders, a wonderful football that's team. A lot of – Oh! Hey! That's right. That's your fallback scenario? Marshawn doesn't work out. A lot of Crimson Tide players on the pod today. My, my wife will love this. Oh, nice. Got to get some Detroit that was really That was really well done, Colleen. Thank you. All right. How about this one? I would definitely prefer to be at the White House. But, you know, when you don't go to the White House, you have to go to the dungeon. Until we're back at the White House, I'll be in the dungeon. The, the two sound similar to me at the moment. Uh, I don't know. That <laughs> sounds like James Harrison. I'm. It sounds like to me it's a member of the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe you guys I'm, are close. Maybe I'm crazy. This person is – they're using White House as a euphemism for the Super Bowl. Yes. For winning the Super Bowl. Right. Not necessarily. Right. So that's why the Falcons, to me, made some sense. Mm. So I'll say Dan Quinn. Okay. You guys are all close. Although he would not speak like the dungeon. TJ Ward. Ah, Bronco. Uh, yeah. Wants to get back to the promised land. Uh-huh. Gotcha. So he's saying that 2017 reminds me of the Broncos Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. That was from that story and that he's just been working out and, and grinding and blessed and doing all the things, all the hashtags. But, yeah, he's uh, I guess he's been working out in a dungeon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maurice Jones Drew's cousin. Seems excessive. Oh, really? Ah. Fun fact. Okay. There's a fun fact for you. And finally, one more to round out the whole group. I'm at, a posi- I'm at the position where it's not the first time and it won't be the last time. When you're able to have sauce when you're <laughs> dripping goo. And for you not to understand that, then you're already out the loop. Everybody can't do it, and that's what I pride myself on being able to do. Dripping with goo. This one's kind of easy. Somebody who sees himself having a lot of swagoo. That would be uh, Cameron Jarrell Newton. Oh, nice. Good job. Yeah, so he said this about, uh, I guess, when everybody was giving him heat about his Coachella outfit. I got that one because I know that the highest eye roll to word ratio (laughs) is usually Cam Newton when I see a quote. A lot of people thought that was a romper initially that he was wearing. It did look like a romper. And I, I wouldn't put it past him to wear a romper. <laughs> yeah. He would. Uh, he probably pull it off. some yeah. rompers. Yeah. I'm He'd sure. pull it off, I'm sure. People wear some crazy stuff to Coachella. Fashion is weird to me just in general, so I, I can't. Like, I don't. Do I what don't you know. do, Cam. <laughs> I, I just. But Cam's, like, more into the high fashion route where it's, like, more of, like, runway look. Right. <laughs> it's always. <laughs> like, every day. Never hair. forget the foxtail. It's always, like, a little <laughs> awkward for, like, a room full of, like, blue shirt blue shirted guys and jeans to be like talking like critically of fashion What's wrong with blue shirts and jeans well that's not i'm just watch out greg <laughs> yeah you've got a nice plaid on you've got a little bit of a west take that paramore that you've got a little bit of a west <laughs> in your face style oh, i have like this negative, is west special negative style in this room this off one of my favorite shirts west right now is dripping goo it sounds so gross it's, i don't know isolate that and save it <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. Cam kind of pulls these things off. Like he, it's a more of an, you know, he does a lot in the post game that he's that people think are ridiculous, but like he does them. I mean, it, it helps happens. to be yeah. six foot five, built like an Adonis, and have a natural confidence and swag about yourself, and be good looking. He's right. a good looking guy. That helps. I mean, Adonis, that's, that's good looking. That's it. It all works out for Cam. <laughs> Hopefully, it's his it'll world. Work out for him on the field this year too. He should probably come up with a new dance to celebrate it. Ooh, God. Like, sure, it's manufactured ahead of time, though. You wouldn't want any spontaneity in your celebration. It should be a sponsor. 
Yeah. So that's what it should His be. dances should be sponsored. Mr. Be F. F. Yeah, that, we got to get Mr. F to sponsor Cam. <laughs> I don't know if Mr. Other, F would do that. <laughs> Otherwise, we end up with like the Dan and Oikos triple zero dance. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that there's no MeUndies ad today. Oh, it, the, during the video show, there is no. Oh, okay. I thought for sure I was going to have to now Sydney's talk about MeUndies. Yeah. Now Sydney's going to have to edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. So now Sorry, Sid. Making her, making Megan it harder. <laughs> <laughs> <edit>. All right. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up the show, everybody. We jammed a lot of show into that show. Mm. A lot of games. Mm. There's just like this, this show is dripping with show. A lot of draft yes. information. We might be back on Tuesday. You know, sometimes in life – you just have to see what happens. Mm. It would kind of be a Tuesday evening nice. release. They of, call that podcast. But play we might, it by ear. But we might not, you know, because there's other things that are out of our control, perhaps. Mm. I like Anytime somebody starts something with sometimes in life, you know, you, you're just kind of justifying what comes next. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we will definitely be back, though, Thursday night. after. You know, if we're not here on Tuesday, we'll be back for the first round of the draft. You'll, you'll be, Ooh. Colleen. I'll be uh, there. In Philadelphia, but we'll be – up here in the lab, mm. talking about all the first-round picks. Ooh, I Colleen, can't wait. Be safe, and I don't mean the flight. I mean outdoors at the soup, at the draft. Be <laughs> safe. Yeah, I know. I mean, I guess I Galoshes. should bring an umbrella, maybe. Yeah. A poncho. Poncho, definitely. Definitely something that has a hood. Thermal blanket. Mm-hmm. Mace. Mm-hmm. Philly's safe. I'm just kidding. Pepper spray. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Um, Great show. Great stuff. Claybon. That was awesome. Trash takes. Thanks for bringing it today. (laughs) Enjoy enjoy Malcolm, your newborn. Yes. Congratulations. See if I can catch the end of the appointment. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Lauren, for giving us Patrick for an hour. Thanks, Lauren. We'll see everybody maybe Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect.